So, so I'm known on staff by the person who will scare the mess out of people. <laughs> so, so much so that like my, my funny story comes to the extent of like someone trying to scare me mm. and it went completely wrong. Nice. So I was sitting in my office. It was about two months ago. It was a Thursday. Um, and I was just typing an email or just doing something. And, uh, and right by my office there, there's a closet that, that is about, I would say probably about 10 year, 10 yards long. Um, and so, you know, I always hear someone, you know, go in the closet, but usually it's just someone needing a ball or a towel or something like that. So it's no big deal for me to hear the door open. It's right beside my office. Mm. So I hear the door open and I don't pay any, any attention to it. I'm working literally y'all about 15 or 20 minutes passes and i hear some steps coming down the hallway of the lc and uh, i hear the door open and just as i hear the door open someone screams in the closet (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a man there's a man scream (laughs) he screams and I immediately know what happened. So Rinthia, um, so she's the one, she's the Excel uh, learning director that also is housed at the LC. Um, I'm scaring her the most. And so she's always looking for an opportunity to get back at me. And so Rinthia went and hid in the closet. She was in there for 15 or 20 minutes. And her story is that she is like tapping on the wall, which is directly beside my office, wanting me to come find out who's in the closet. And I never heard it. Wow. And even if I did, I mean, it's the LC. Like, I hear tons of noises all the time. Like, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. So I am hysterically laughing. So what happened was she was hiding in the closet and she was there for 20 minutes. And then TJ Lewis, <laughs> he is walking down the hallway. He is barefoot. He just got finished working out. He's going in the closet to get a towel. He opens the door. Rithia comes out and screams at him. He, he, he grabs his fish like he's, oh, he's no. about to hit her. He screams, and I'm in my office dying laughing because I literally, I know what's going on. Like, I know that Rinthia tried to scare me, and it completely backfired on her. It was so awesome. Like, I laughed for a good 20 minutes. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. It was great. It was great. Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Testament. My name is Jeff Keck. And I'm Jess Kirchmeyer, and we're here today with my good friend, Katrina Parlin. Hi, Katrina. What's up? Tell us about yourself. Yes, I'm Katrina Parlin. I am married um, to an amazing man. His name's Dean. Um, in, in September, we'll celebrate eight years being married. We have one little girl. She's a three-year-old. Um, uh, what do they call them? A three-teenager or a three-nager? A three-nager. <laughs> she just turned three. Uh, she is adopted and um, have a dog, a Weimaraner, and her name is Summit. So, Cool. Yeah. So this podcast is about people's testimonies in Jesus. Um, so would you share with us? how you came to know the Lord and um, what he's done in your life and how he's changed you. Yeah, man, the Lord really has had his hand on me my entire life. I, um, I've i been blown away the amount of times um, when I look back and, um, and just genuinely see, even when I had not made a profession of faith or even when I did not know, um, you know, Jesus is Lord and Savior. Like he was always, he was always looking out for me. And um, the scripture is so true. God, God works all things to the good of those who love him and who are called according to his plan. Um, didn't grow up uh, in a, in a Christian home at all. Um, you know, my mom and dad did the best they could. They did the best they could. 
Um, they did not go to church. They were not uh, they were not followers of Jesus at the time. Uh, my mom is now, praise the Lord. Um, but uh, yeah, so things in my house were pretty pretty chaotic um, at times, a lot of times. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina in a small town, so lived a small town, um, small town life. Um, my grandmother um, and my Paul Paul were the <laughs> ones that that took me to church. Um, and so at the age of, I was always in church. Um, my mom and dad never went, but I was always in church because they always took me. Um, my grandparents are, you know, they are a legacy, you know, uh, of the faith. And um, I remember when I was nine years old, I remember uh, I was there by myself, actually. I was there at church by myself. And I remember for the first time really realizing what Jesus had done um, and really comprehending uh, that Jesus died on the cross for me. And at the age of nine, um, with not a single mom or dad or grandparent or anybody related to me in the church, I decided to walk down um, and, and ask Jesus into my life mm-hmm. at the age of nine. Um, and so things at, things at home were, um, you know, they were, they were still up in the air a lot. Um, my grandparents at the time, they were both sick. And so, uh, they couldn't take me to church. Um, but, you know, I remember being in my room shortly after I got baptized, uh, by the local church there. I remember being in my room and praying and, um, you know, it, again, this this is one of those things where you look back and and you know that God was definitely in the picture. I was in my room praying. Um, I was by myself. Um, you know, I was going to sleep. You know, typical bedtime routine. Um, and I would pray by myself. And I don't remember anyone teaching me how to pray. I would just go through the list. I remember being grateful um, for God, and I remember loving Jesus, and I remember just thanking him for all that he did. And then I would go through a list of people um, in my family uh, that I wanted God to be near to and that I wanted God to be close to. And I remember the atmosphere at the age of nine, y'all. I remember the atmosphere changing in my room and I did not know what it was at the time. Like I thought, I thought it was just weird. Like, um, but, but to this day, I, I, when I have that feeling, I can sense the, the presence of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord in the room when that happens. And I look back at the age of nine and I think, man, that is so cool. Like at the age of nine, when I was praying to the Lord, that the atmosphere changing it and what I was sensing and what I was picking up on was the spirit of the sovereign Lord there in my room watching over me mm. in the midst of such a, um, a not so perfect childhood. Yeah. It, it completely blows me away. Um, and so I continued to grow up in the church, had an amazing youth pastor. Um, his name's David Averett. Um, you know, I went through my, my high school um, years playing basketball, playing volleyball, playing softball, um, you know, total, you know, jock, if you will. And, and um, the two most important things were sports and then youth group. <clears throat> um you know, of course, my friends, but my friends were either in sports or in youth mm-hmm. yeah. And so sports, I would say, pretty much kept me out of trouble. Uh, junior high, high school, um, you know, as well as my um, as well as my youth pastor. Yeah, sports kept me out of trouble um, up until my senior year. I remember a young man passing away my senior year. He played baseball. Um, he passed away. Um, in a tragic car accident. And that night we all got together and we um, got together and there were, there was alcohol there. And that was the night that things shifted for me. I went from, you know, this, um, you know, quote unquote, good girl that, that played sports to things shifted for a way that, that went the other direction. Um, at the end of my senior year, when softball was all done, Um, I started partying super hard and that went into my, the rest of my senior year. It went into um, freshman year in college, sophomore year in college. And my life just took a drastic change during that time. 
it's funny you look back and you think, you know, you know, yeah, I made Jesus, you know, the boss of my life. And at the age of nine, you do that the best way you know how, right? Um, you know, I was, I was, I just lived a typical, you know, college life, partying, um, drugs. Um, you know, I was, I was in some, um, some pretty bad relationships, even you know, with other females um, that lasted um, up until up until literally Jesus pulled me out of my mess, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget that. Uh, I was, it was the summer going into my junior year and my old youth pastor called me up and said, you know, Hey, the youth group is, is going to this, uh, Christian camp and it's going to be at, at your college town. Why don't you come and join us and you can be a a youth sponsor. And I thought to myself, dude, you know what I'm doing. Like, you know what I'm doing. I, I mean, I'm not kept this hidden, you know? And I said, no, nah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm, I think I'm busy that day. And he kept pursuing and kept pursuing and kept pursuing. And, um, and of course, I eventually said yes. And the first night of, of that youth camp, I remember I have, I have this journal entry. I journaled. And this is exactly what I said. I said, I said, God, I know what these weeks are about because I've been at them before plenty of times. I know that, um, you know, that, that you work in people's lives. And I know that the day, uh, the evening before the, you know, the last day, there's this big, huge cry fest. And I have a habit of rededicating my life back to you. I've done that time and time again. Um, and I, and I literally, I wrote these words. I do not want you in this week. Mm-hmm. I know what these weeks entail, and I do not want you in this week. Um, because from my perspective, whenever I did that as a teenager, I would do that and it would feel, and it would be genuine, you know, but in my eyes and it was a reality, I kept getting deeper and deeper into sin. And, and I knew I had a healthy fear of God and I knew what I was currently involved in the drugs, the, the alcohol, um, the, the terrible relationships. I knew all those things were contrary to, to, to the life that God wanted for me. But for me, there was no way out. There's no way out because that was my life. Literally, it was my life. And so we went through that week and, um, you know, just like clockwork, um, that night came and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't deny it. I mean, the, I knew the spirit was working in me. Again, I knew what God wanted me to do. I knew who he was. Um, but I, man, I was stubborn. I was not making that decision at all. I mean, I, you know, hands clutched to the pew. I'm not moving. I have known this feeling before. I have made the decision and, I, and I've let him down. And yeah. I cannot let God down again. I can't do it. And, and that night ended and I went, we went back to the, um, to the, you know, little place that we were staying and my youth pastor knew something was up and, and, um, he came to me and he said, Hey, you know what, what's going on? And I, I told him, um, I said, I said, I can't, I can't let God down this time. I'm not making the decision. I'm not making the decision to, to do this because I don't know how to get out of the life that I'm in right now. Um, and I told him just what I had told you guys. Every time I make this decision, I just get deeper and deeper into sin. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that. And he said, okay, all right. And he left me alone. <laughs> um, and providentially, that was the right move. You know, like you don't want anybody to to convince you to make a decision that you don't want to make, right? Um, and so my youth group left the next day. They went back home and and I had a party to go to that night. And so, you know, they left at like 6 a.m. I went back to my apartment, um, went back to bed and tried and tried and tried to go to sleep and just could not go to sleep. And, and I remember feeling annoyed, <laughs> like yeah. this, this is dumb, like this is dumb. Um, so I got up and um, I was like, OK, fine, I'm just I'll just drive back home. I'll just drive back home. And home was about an hour and a half away. Mm. And I remember about halfway there, you know, just out loud praying, okay, God, like if you want me to follow you, if you want, if you truly want this, if you're not going to leave me alone until I make a decision, then this has got to be all you. 
Because again, I know that I have let you down time and time again, and I can't do this. My literal words were, I cannot do this without you. You know the life that I'm living. You know the friends that I have. You know uh, my work habits. You you know my relationships and, and everything that is just a big mess in my life. And I can't get out of it. I need your help. If, if this is what you want me to do, then I need you. And um, y'all, things changed instantly. Mm. I mean, it was like a night and day experience for me, like totally. Um, I went home that weekend, went back to school after that weekend, and um, just... You know, I remember being in my room and, and, you know, I think a part of it was genuinely, I didn't want to let God down because I knew that I made that decision. And I remember just being in my room, just memorizing John 15, four, remain in me and I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit um, unless it's connected to the, to the vine. Like I'm the branch, you're the vine. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And over and over again, I, you know, I would read that and, and all of a sudden I would hear a knock at my door and it's my roommates asking me if I want to come and, you know, partake in, in the illegal activity that they were doing. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no guys, I'm reading the Bible. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. And they're like, oh, that's so sweet. Okay. Well, let us know when you're done, you know? And it, it just, it never went away. The desire never went away. And, um, and the bad relationships that I was in, um, God got me out of those and the friendships that, that I was in, that was, that was entangled in sin. Um, I, I found better friends, not better friends, but just different friends, you know, godly friends and God totally did it. I mean, he totally, he totally changed my life and he changed, he changed my desires. Um, and that, and that's a credit all to him, um, you know, we, we all have, you know, and I'm speaking for me right now, I'm probably not all, all that I wanted was to be loved hmm. and to be known. I think that that's what we all want. And that desire doesn't go away. Um, you know, once you ask Jesus, you know, to be your Lord and Savior, um, you know, and I still have the temptation to let other people take that spot, you know, of, of being known and, and loved. Yeah. But now on this side, it's just an understanding of like, he literally really is the only one that can satisfy. He is the only one that can satisfy. Um, and there are times, you know, there have been times, you know, since 2005 that I was seriously messed up, you know, and fallen away from that decision that I, that I first made. Um, you know, namely in in terrible relationships, um, and there's there's been some some severe consequences that that have come because of that. Um, but continuing to remind myself, you know, that that God really and truly is the only one that satisfies. Um, you know, and He's the one that loves me the most. You know, and He's the one that desires my heart the most and my attention. And um, and so. Yeah, that's me. That's that's me. So, before. how old were you that last time that you were I was finally 19. gripped? I was 19. nineteen. So you're in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was going into my junior year in college. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, long story short, I, I would say that I made. I knew that I knew what Jesus did and understood that I made Him Savior when I was nine, but I didn't fully make Him the Lord of my life mm-hmm. until I was nineteen. Until I fully knew really what that meant. So Satan knew that you were a threat and attacked you really. It's what kind of pulled you no out of that. Doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because now you are the recreation pastor here at Lake Church. Yeah. Um, and so being a recreation pastor, I think, looks fun, if you ask me. How did you get involved in that? Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. I remember the first time I ever met you, we weren't even going to this church yet. We brought Daniel uh, for basketball, I think. Yeah. And you came up and we started talking and stuff. And I was like, I didn't even know recreational pastor was a thing and had a degree <laughs> yeah. for that. Yeah. And you know, cool. yeah. So yeah. didn't even know that was a deal. So how did, how did you get into that? And how have you seen God kind of, you know, work himself through all that? Yeah. I would say that that definitely is a part of, of his redemption in my life. Yeah. You know, I remember my sophomore year in, in college, I went to East Carolina university, go pirates. Arg. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember uh, my sophomore year in college, my advisor sent me down and said, Katrina, you cannot start this year unless you declare a major. What do you want to do? When I was like, I don't know. 
<laughs> he said, well, you've taken an intro to recreation class. Uh, did you like it? And I was like, mm, yeah, sure. You know, I was a hot mess in college, <laughs> a hot mess. And um, he was like, well, uh, what do you think about that as a major? And I just shrugged my shoulders and was like, mm, sure. Yeah, sure. Um, and so just just the, the ignorance in that moment, right? Yeah, yeah. But even still, God still had a purpose in, mm. in that ignorance. Um, so at that time when I declared my major, I was still, I was still had a, an absolute mess of a life. And then that following year, my junior year, that's when I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Um, and I quickly got involved in an upward basketball ministry yeah. in Greenville, North Carolina, uh, where my, my college was. And uh, that was the first time that I saw sports redeemed for the mm. first time and absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and so uh, since my major was recreation and leisure studies, uh, I had to have an internship. And I interned with Upward Sports uh, in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Mm. Um, and so that internship um, was a huge way in which God called me into the ministry. And I remember being done with my internship uh, with Upward Sports. And, um, and and it was pretty clear, um, although, you know, again, I can be really stubborn sometimes. It was it was clear in what direction God wanted me to go as far as like that was the next step was was recreation ministry. Um, but but the life that I had lived um, in college definitely just put a mental block in that. Like I knew that the next step was seminary. But in my mind, I was like, there is no way this kid is getting accepted in a seminary <laughs> with all of the mess that I've done. And um, and God totally took care of that um, 100 uh, percent. But I, I knew that there was only two sister seminaries at the time that had recreation uh um, recreation ministry as a, as a master's. Mm. And that was New Orleans and Southwestern. And I figured since my name was Katrina, New Orleans was probably out. <laughs> oh. So that's how I moved to, that's why I moved to Texas. So, wow. yeah, got here in 2007 and, um, uh, started well, That's fresh after Katrina. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Wow. <laughs> it was a hard no. Katrina was 2005. <laughs> yeah. No, not going to New Orleans. So. Yeah, so it was it was through an internship that God called me into um into the ministry, recreation ministry. So that's cool. Yeah. So my kids have played there too, but but I know you from working out with you at way too early in the mornings. Yeah. Um and so I love I love going like obviously I can do workouts at home, but I love going and working out with you because it's I leave encouraged because it's a group of believers and, mm -hmm. and just people in general that we're just, yeah. you know, it's an, a positive environment. And, um, and you always are reading scripture over us or asking how you can pray for us and, um, discussing things together. And so you've shared, um, in those mornings, a lot of times how, like how God made our bodies and what, how our bodies are, how we're to take care of them, what we're to use them for. And I don't know, this is just encouraging to me as a woman, who, you know, all of us women struggle with body issues and how we're supposed yeah. to handle that. Um, and so would you just share that too with us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when we talk about a holistic approach to, to the way that we live our lives in the context of the gospel, um, our, our primary focus always needs to be Jesus. And, um, and I know that I have a tendency to compartmentalize my life. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, fitness. You know, I can I can have my devotion and, and I can read a Bible story to Taya and I can pray, you know, be, you know, before meals. But this little workout portion, like that's mine. like that's my time. Mm -hmm. And um, and we just don't see that biblically. Like our, our bodies, um, you know, our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and if we're made to glorify him in all that we do, then it's our responsibility to take care of the temple, uh, you know, of the body that God has given us, not so that we can get a six pack ab or, or, or fit into a size zero, which is completely <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and that's not even sustainable, you know, like abs are not sustainable at all. Um, and so like, you know, my approach to health and wellness is, is okay, you know, you, you have these goals. Okay. Is the ultimate goal to glorify God? Like, are you working out and are you eating in such a way that will allow you to live longer so that you can serve the king? Because that's supposed to be the primary goal is, is serving the king and making sure that that we do all that we can to make Jesus known. 
Um, and everything in our life should be filtered through that lens. And if that's the case, then fitness is no exception. Nutrition is no exception. You know, um, you know, we, you know, and there's just such a, uh, you know, a, a, a godly thing that happens when we work out, when we sweat, when we give it our all um, and, and we bring the word of God into it. It just it, it's transforming. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I really and truly try to live by that. Um, you know, I'm no different than, you know, the, you know, the, the Jane down the road, you know, that wants to, you know, look a certain way, but you know, that like, that's my flesh talking, you know, like I really and truly, you know, when I think about working out, I think about, you know, Hey, I want to live long to, you know, tell Taya about Jesus every day, you Mm -hmm. know, and in my neighbor every day. So what am I going to do today to make sure that I give myself the best shot in that? And that's eating healthy. That's putting good stuff in my body. That's making yeah. sure that I'm r- working out appropriately. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about doing the Murph, like, like a mm-hmm. run a mile, do a hundred pull-ups, do 200 push-ups, do 300 squats, and then run another mile. I did the modified version because who really needs to do a hundred pull-ups? <laughs> like, not me. <laughs> or a hundred of anything else you mentioned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy working out. I love working out, mm-hmm. um, and it and it helps to ha- just to have the proper perspective on that. Yeah, yeah, I like whenever you read scripture before we start, and then because yeah, we're in the middle of it, and you're in your mind or you're holding a plank and trying to like. I have the worst mental strength when it comes to planks. And so like, okay, I'm th- processing and meditating through that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that has been thirty seconds. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. It's great. It's good. All right, so uh, Taya's adopted. Yep. Uh, so I have adopted kids as well, and I know that you you actually did an interview with one of uh, one of my good friends, Laura Williams, on her podcast called Adopting It Forward. I think you guys were episode number fifteen. Um, so I know your full story is there, but can you briefly tell us kind of how Taya came into your life? Yeah. So Dean and I got married seven years ago. Um, we quickly began to to start, you know, trying to have kids. Um, and then I think a couple of years went by or three years went by, um, you know, we went through some infertility treatments and, um, you know, everything was fine. I think I got labeled, if you will, you know, unknown infertility or something. Um, and so, um, you know, that in and of itself is a God story because, you know, you want, you know, if you're a woman and you're married, like the most natural desire is to want to have kids, um, and, and I wanted to, and I just, I couldn't. And so there was a time where I genuinely had to grieve the fact, okay, this is not happening the way that I want it to. Um, let's, let's, let's think about some other ways. And so, um, Dean has a twin sister, Deanna, um, she had just adopted. And so we just looked into it. And, um, and so we were in the process of adoption, uh, for a year to the date we went to, orientation on June 14th. Um, and then we got Taya on June 14th, the following year, mm-hmm. um, which is really unheard of um, yeah. to, to be that quick for, um, you know, a, a private adoption. But um, the process was was really messy um, and yet really sweet at the same time. Um, we went to orientation June 14th. Um, in September, we uh, had a failed adoption, um, and that was absolutely the hardest thing I have ever been through in my entire life mm-hmm. was, was you know, to this baby that was born. He was in Alabama, just born. The mom was saying, yes, this, you know, he is yours. What do you want to name him? Do you want him circumcised? You know, hey, I just want to spend, <clears throat> you know, the last um, couple of days with him. Don't worry. You know, he's yours. <clears throat> and I had not met her before. It was a, a family member of a family member type thing, relative. And so an hour before we are about to get into the car and go pick this kid up, she changes her mind mm. and was just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, <clears throat> so we drove back from Alabama, you know, just a, just heartbroken and just, you know, a complete mess. And, and, um, um, we were doing a, um, a fundraiser at the time with flamingos. We were, we would flock people's houses, you know, kind of as a prank. <laughs> um, so, so what we would do is, um, you know, we'd have like 12 baby, baby flamingos and then we'd have a mama flamingo. She was pretty tall. 
And uh, the first house that we flocked was um, was our pastor. It was Eric's house. And so we would in the middle, well, not the middle of the night, but when it got dark, we would go and set these. It's shocking that we weren't really shot at at all during this time. Um, we go and we set these flamingos out and it had a sheet on there that said, hey, you've just been flocked. Um, this is a fundraiser for Dean and Katrina and for their adoption. Um, if you would like to give towards their adoption fund, um, you know, scan, you know, this QR code. Um, and then if you would like to give, then you give us the address of the person <laughs> that you want flocked next. And we will go deliver these flamingos to their house. So like for a good six months, Dan and I were out <laughs> at like Living eight, it up. eight, nine o'clock at night, you know, carrying these plastic flamingos from yard to yard. And it was the most fun thing. Oh, yeah. It was so yeah. fun. And what I enjoyed most about it was, um, you know, for, for families that had little kids, it gave them the opportunity to explain what adoption was mm-hmm. and what, you know, what we were doing and what we had hoped, you know, to do. And so it created a lot of just a huge educational piece, you know, about adoption. And, um, and so I remember coming back from Alabama and, and, and that failed adoption just completely defeated. Right. And thinking like, God, you know, I thought that you were in this, you know, I mean, you knew that the, the struggle that we had with infertility, um, you, you know, you knew that that, you know, was kind of, you know, like a death to me, something that I had to put on the back burner in order, you know, to fully embrace adoption. And, um, and now, you know, we have this baby in Alabama and we thought it was a go and everything lined up and we thought it was your will. And then at the last second, the rug is pulled out from under us and just, there was just a lot of heartache there. And, um, and so we took about a month off from those pink flamingos and, and then the next month that we got back into it was October. And in that one month, God had, God had given us, um, in flamingo flocking $20,000 wow. in one month. Wow. And that was just God's sweetness of saying, like, I, I see you, I know where you're at. And just to be sure that like you're on the right path, like, please continue to keep going. Um, and so we did. And, um, uh, and, I think May, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. May 10th, Tay was born. We had no idea until we got a phone call on, I think it was June the 11th from our adoption agency. And he said, Hey, there's this birth mom, um, that has actually picked you guys. Oh, and by the way, the baby is already born. She's a month old. And, um, yeah, if you guys are ready on Friday, she'd love to meet you <laughs> at Crackle Barrel. And, um, you know, if, if you pass the test, then you can, you know, come back to our ado- adoption agency and, and take this baby home on Friday. Wow. And our heads were spinning. You know, we were like, what? We're going to meet at the Crackle Barrel <laughs> to interview with this mom in like three days. Right. And, um, and man, the mom was just, um, Taya's birth mom was just, she was absolutely a blessing. And, um, I can't say enough, um, I can't say enough about, about Taya's birth mom and just the grace that she carried herself with and, and the decision that she made. And, and, um, and so, yeah, we got Taya on June 14th mm. and, um, we just celebrated, um, her three year old birthday. And so she's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Katrina, I know you like to have fun mm-hmm. and I know you are can be competitive when it comes to sports, right? Got to mm-hmm. be competitive. So we're going to play some family feud. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So let me put my questions over here, hidden out of the way. So Could this, you think I'm going to cheat? Yes, I do. I have no faith in you. In your, are we using our, our custom buzzers? Yes. <clears throat> now, are these new questions or does he already know the questions? Okay, no, he does not know the questions. Okay. And I specifically chose... I show specific questions for you okay. because I know you are very uh, sports lover, <laughs> right? So like, okay, the Duke Blue Devils are like yeah, your favorite, yeah, yeah. right? No, uh, uh-uh. no, no, no. Oh, no. which one is your favorite? The Tar Heels. What's the, the opposite, Tar Heels? The opposite of the Duke. Blue <laughs> where are the, the where where the Duke Blue Devils? Where are the Tar Heels? <laughs> the Tar Heels are in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. The Duke Blue Devils are in Durham, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Is that, that's college? It's college. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Did you hear about the power outage they just had? I did not hear about the power outage. There was like 40 students there stuck on an escalator. Can you imagine? (laughs) 
An escalator? Why did you get out? <laughs> an elevator or an escalator? No. It's a joke. I'm just oh, messing with you. My bad. My bad. My bad. Was the Duke thing a joke? Yes. So okay. like an Aggie Praise joke. I know you. I know you well enough. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. You're good. Uh, okay. <laughs> Bang bong. Bang bong. Yeah. So we have buzzers. So our. Yes. I was going to introduce bang, you. Bang, bang. Oh. Okay. Sorry. So well, our first contestant over. is our guest, Katrina. Bing bong, bing bong. And she'll, <laughs> she'll be competing against Jeff. Yeah. Maverick. Awesome. Nice. Okay. Have you seen the movie? No. We're, oh, going, just came oh, out. we're going Saturday. All right, cool. <laughs> By the time this comes out, he will have seen it. Okay. Okay, cool. So how was it? <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was awesome. <laughs> okay, so I have one, two, three, four. I have five family food questions. Um, we're going to start with number one. You know how to play family food, right? Let's just go over so, some rules. So that okay, yeah. so I'm going to read the question. You're going to buzz it. I'll tell you how many answers there are. Okay. Uh, they survey 100 people, okay. and they ask the question to them. Top four answers on the okay. board. You buzz in as soon as you have an answer to guess. Okay, got it. If you... Guess an answer that's correct. If it's the number one answer, you get to try to guess the rest of the All answers. Right, cool. If it's not the number one answer, then the other person gets gotcha. to try to guess the number one answer. Okay. You have three strikes once okay. you get the question. So once it's yours and you're answering, if you miss three of them, then the other person gets a chance to guess it. Okay. Okay. And if they don't... To steal. Okay. To steal it. They just have to okay. get one of the leftover answers. Got it. Then they get that point. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of rules. What is the point system? So I just do. It means nothing. I'm competitive. I know. <laughs> so officially no, in I'm Family kidding. Feud, no, it's, all good. it's like how many answered that answer, you get that many points, and it's the like highest okay. number. But right, I just it's do just, per question. You get a question. point for winning, the, winning that round. Okay. Whoever gets the question gets okay. a point. So there will be five points okay. distributed today. And what is the prize? A high five from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I got it. Okay. Nobody's All ever right. asked what is the prize before. I know. She's, I'm telling you, she's really good. <laughs> okay, number one, top four answers on the board. What might... Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> oh, you got to answer right now. You got to answer. She, she can't even finish the question. What? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure it worked. That's it. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay, right. top four answers. What might a professional athlete do just after a sports game to avoid getting sore muscles? Bing, bong, bing, I don't. I don't know. That's really hard. I'm going to say you got it. Yeah, she beat me. Go ahead. Um, they would stretch. Yes, that is the number one answer. Ding, 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 ding. How many answers are there? There's four. You don't have to go ding, ding, ding. I'm going to put some dingers in there. I'm going to put some dingers in there. (laughs) Okay. So you have three. Do I keep going? Yes, you now have three more answers you have to get. Uh, They take an ice bath. Yep, apply ice, yep. Um... They would get therapy. I don't know. What do they do with this therapy? Uh, at this therapy, after a sporting event, um, after they've stretched and uh, after they have gotten <laughs> ice, they would they would wrap things that were hurt. That's what they would do. They would wrap things that were hurt. But you get to keep going. You have three okay. X's. All right. So okay. you have two more to guess. Okay. Um, uh, oh, they would eat a nutritional meal. That's not correct. Oh. I mean, they might, Well, they but... need to. <laughs> they need to do that. Okay. All right. They would get tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh, okay. No, that's incorrect. Okay. <laughs> so there's two uh, two mm-hmm. left that I could guess? Yep. Okay. Uh, rest. Okay. So number two was to get a massage. 
Number three was to soak in a hot tub. That's therapy, isn't it? That's therapy. Massage. I said, what do they do with this therapy? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know what you do with therapy. Okay. Do I still win that one? Yes. So ice bath and hot tub were in there? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, Katrina gets that one. Because he didn't steal it. Okay. Okay. (sighs) Next one, top four answers on the board. Name a sport you wouldn't play without protective equipment. Gosh, it's so hard to tell. Who got it first? She did. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna need y'all to time your buzzers a little more off, please. Um, so a sport that would need no protective equipment. That you wouldn't play without protective equipment. That you wouldn't play without protective equipment. But they need it? No. They don't need it. (laughs) Wow. Maybe you should reread the question. Okay. Name a sport you wouldn't play without protective equipment. Oh, football. Yes. There yeah, you go. Maybe Thank you it. should, like, I don't know, listen before you hit that buzzer. <laughs> she just wants to be first. Yes. That was the number one answer. Okay, so you cool. have three more you can okay. guess. All right. All right. All right. Um, uh, rugby. You're correct. Wow. I didn't think y'all would get that one. And so how many more? Two more. Two more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, catcher in baseball. Yeah, baseball. Yep. And then there's one more. Mm-hmm. Easy there's one. The number two answer easy is one. what you're missing. The number two answer? Easy one. I would the definitely not one. play without this. Uh, volleyball. Knee oh. pads? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I said football, didn't I? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, I get two more because I have one. Okay, uh-huh. I have three strikes. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Jeff said it was the easy one. Oh, yeah. This is an easy one, he says. 100%. Um, 100%. A sport that would need protective gear and you could not play without it. You wouldn't want to. You would not want to play without it. Mm. Um, it's real, it's I'm not easy. worried. You'll get it. It's easy? Oh, yeah, I'm not worried. You got uh, two strikes. You'll get it. I promise. Wrestling. That's not one of them. <laughs> But you are right. You would want to wear. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's like UFC or something. Um, Oh, boxing? Oh, no. 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 (laughs) I wasn't trying to give you a hint. She said UFC. I was kidding myself. Well, okay, boxing. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jeff, Mr. Confident Man. All right, what is it? Hockey. You are correct. Oh, yeah. Hockey is completely just, yeah, an island to me. I've never seen a hockey one to game one. live, but one I would to like one. to. Oh, they're awesome. One to one. It'd be fun. Okay. Okay. Number three. Go down. Five answers on the board. I'm going to really pay attention to buzzers this time. Name a sport whose athletes might wear some kind of hat. Maverick. Yeah, he got that one for sure. Okay. <laughs> hat? Five. There's five. Hat? Some baseball. kind of hat. Yes, baseball is one. That's the number one answer. All right. He has to take How many are there? He's old and forgetful. A How hat or a helmet? Five. Or do we helmet? Some hat? kind of hat. Oh, okay. Some kind of headwear. Right. So there's five of them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, football. That's a helmet. What? Some kind of hat. You just said something on your head. Okay. The right. question is so athletes now we're, may wear some So kind now of it hat. just has to be a ball cap. Some kind of hat. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like once you hear all the answers, it'll make sense. Uh, I don't feel like it would. Uh, you just said baseball? Yeah, well, okay. they, they got a hat. Rodeo. Well, that's a good one, though. What's Jeopardy? Um, polo. Okay. That's two strikes. Yep, that's three strikes. That's three. I'm done. Oh, okay. So all you have to do is get one of the four left answers. Tennis. You are correct. Ding ding ding. ding. Tennis is number three. What do they wear hats? They wear like those little. What's the ones with the holes in them? No, they just wear a ball cap. They just wear ball caps. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Visors. That's, that's what I was saying. That's, oh, that's visors. Yeah. Yes. That's, number two answer. Dumb. That was set up. Number two answer is golf. Oh, true. But okay. not necessarily. They don't have I to I said wear they it. don't have to. Dude, all golfers wear hats. 
Don't, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just some, saying we don't have to. Some kind of hat. Number four was swimming. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I thought about that. Yeah. And number five was skiing. Like a stocking cap? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. You want to wear toboggan. a toboggan. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. cold. Yep. There you go. Yeah. All right. Come on. Let's get on with it. Okay. Number four. <laughs> oh, okay. There's five questions? Yeah. Okay. Top six answers on the board. Next question. Okay. Which Olympic sport would a cow look most funny participating in? Bing bong, bing bong. <laughs> Go ahead. Which Olympic sport would a cow look most funny participating in? <laughs> the look on her face right now. <laughs> um, the Olympic sport that a cow would look most ridiculous in? Look most funny participating most in. Most funny participating in. I mean... It would have to be like speed walking. <laughs> no. That's an X. Okay. I get two more. That's, uh -huh. that's not an X. I get a chance to steal it. Oh, yeah. She doesn't have it yet. She doesn't have it. So I oh, get okay. A that's not an X. This is subjective. So, this is not objective. High jump. <laughs> Back to you, Katrina. You get to try it again. Bobsledding? Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> a cow in the sled? <laughs> These are some pretty funny ones. Swimming. In the, in the yeah, swimming. <laughs> That's the number two answer. So you get to try to guess the other five. All right, there's five more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. So swimming, track. Yes, yeah, running. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> like imagine a group of cows. Yeah. That's funny. The high jump is the one with the bar, right? That you go over uh -huh. the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that wasn't on the list, right? Mm -mm. Okay. Um, because that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> the last one is my personal favorite. Um, how about um, snow skiing? Yeah, that's number three. You're looking for four, five, and six now. Oh, there's more. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of all the Olympic sports. Oh, uh, let's do um, curling. <laughs> No. That would be funny. That would be funny, though. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, so that's one X. Yep. Um, uh, let's this do... was a legit question that had five answers. Six answers. Six answers? Disc throwing. What else is there? The triple jump. Okay. Which Olympic sport would a cow look most funny participating in? Snowboarding. That's what? an X for you. That's a win for me. That's <laughs> a win for you, Jeff. So, so what was it? we... Y'all are tied right now. Two okay. to two. The last question, right, yeah. we'll get it. Okay. So number four was long jump. You were all around the jumps. Oh. Number five was gymnastics. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be funny. But yeah. number six, my personal favorite, a cow would look most funny participating in figure skating. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be awesome. I'm picturing like the Chick-fil-A cows like the doing the skins. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, because of Chick-fil-A, I can picture cows doing all these things. Exactly. Chick-fil-A yeah. has really yeah. raised the bar on cows. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Tiebreaker. Ready? Top one, two, three, four, six answers oh. on the board. What sport would become disastrous if the regular ball was replaced with a bowling ball? Bing bang, bing bang. I think you might have got her on that one. I don't have a clue. I can't. I don't know. I think you got so her. You're the... Okay. Really? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. <laughs> tennis. Tennis, yep. That is number funny. five. Oh, tennis is five? Okay. Yep. So you get to see if you get higher answer. What sport would become disastrous if the regular ball was replaced with a bowling ball? It would be disastrous um, if a baseball <laughs> was replaced <laughs> by a bowling ball. That's the number one answer. Yeah. So it's yes! your question now. Okay. You have to guess the other four. Okay. Uh, let's go. So Jeff said tennis. So we have tennis mm -hmm. and then we have baseball. Um, and then I can't say bowling. Um, <laughs> ooh, what about volleyball? No, that's not on here, but that would be. People were hating on volleyball. So painful. Man. Okay. Um, basketball. All right. That would be bad. And we have, we have tennis. We have basketball. We have. Baseball. There's three more answers. Mm -hmm. Okay, three more answers. Um, pickleball. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's an X. Okay. Yeah, one more X. Um, 
hockey. That's a puck. That's a puck, though. It's not a ball. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. Third X. Just right. tried hockey because it worked on the last one. Exactly. <laughs> it's supposed to be an easy one, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, How about ping pong? No. Oh, that's a good oh. one. That's nope. a good one. It's not it, though. So number two was football. That would be disastrous. Ping it. pong would be disastrous. You didn't say football. Okay. No one All said right. football. Number four was soccer. Ouch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And number six is dodgeball. Oh. oh. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> okay, so I didn't steal it, so you get the third point. So you win. Yay. Bing bong, bing bong. Yay. Tay is going to be so happy awesome. for your noise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay, Katrina, we always finish up by asking our guests what our favorite scripture is. So that yeah. could be a verse, a book, a chapter, a storyline, whatever it is in scripture that really just continuously touches your heart on a daily basis. Yes, Luke seven forty seven. It's the story of Jesus being anointed by the sinful woman. Uh, Jesus goes and um, he eats at, at the house of a Pharisee. And while they are reclining at the table, this... Um, what the town would know as the sinful woman comes in and, and he, and she, um, she sits down at his feet and she begins to just weep and, and she uses her tears to, um, you know, to, to wipe Jesus's feet. Um, and she just, she kisses his feet and, and the whole time the Pharisees are thinking like, come on, if this guy knew what kind of woman she was that is doing this, you know, he would, he would not allow this. And so Jesus, you know, tells a parable to get their attention. But at the end of that verse, um, Luke seven forty seven, um, Jesus just says, um, "Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she's loved much. But he who has been forgiven little has has loved little." And I, I just love that because, um, you know, I just I see myself and in, um, in my past so much in that sinful woman you know, being at Jesus's feet, just, you know, crying and, 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 um, you know, giving her, her offering of, of her tears and, and wiping his feet, you know, with her hair. And, you know, she, she knew what kind of a mess she was in and she knew that, that the Messiah was the only one, you know, that, that could help her at that moment. Um, and, um, therefore I tell you her sins, which are many, my sins, which are many have been forgiven. Um, because she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. I just, I love that. Love that verse. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Katrina Parlin, thanks for coming and doing the show. Woo, thanks. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was so fun. So yeah. good. Thanks for asking. Great story. It was good. If you want to know more about who Jesus is, you can go to shockwaveministries.com and click on the gospel message. There you will find scripture references about who Jesus is and the plan of salvation, as well as different resources and references provided by our guests to help you through your walk with Christ. You can also click on the Testament tab where you will find a link to all of our podcasts and see our most recent podcast episodes that have been launched. Also on the Testament tab, you can drop us a line. Let us know what you think, if you have any comments or ideas for us, or point us to someone you think would make a great guest on our show. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Testament podcast. We'll make sure you know when each of our episodes launch and even give you a heads up on what episode is coming up with our Future Friday posts. And if you see myself or Jess out and about, ask us for a business card. That's right. So we printed business cards with a QR code on them that leads your smartphone to our show. So thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. So we don't communicate. We just... <laughs> you, you I just, just show up every other Monday and you, hope someone's here. You don't communicate. You just do a, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> around communication, right? So can you be scared? I would love to be scared. Like, you think someone can do it, though? Like, you think someone can scare you? Not the way that I have scared people before. Yeah. They tried to hide behind a wall. Eric has tried to come up on me and scare me. It just hmm. doesn't work. This is gonna be interesting. Um, Eat a cookie, that'll help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting on you to guess. Oh. Yeah. I got the fifth I got the fifth answer, so you can guess and see oh, if you can get okay. one of the top okay, four. Okay. All right, sorry.